Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My name's Pete Allison. And I'm Dave Cribb, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends. Each week we invite a guest on, ask them to pick their favorite episode of Friends, and then we talk about it in far too much detail. Basically, if you like the show Friends, and you like it when people take things far too seriously, then you might well like this podcast. Search Great Big Owl on your podcast app of choice, and you'll find Friends with Friends right there. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Warning, this show contains spoilers about The One Show and Matt Baker. Hello, I'm John Holmes. It's the The One Show show, the podcast that takes TV's The One Show round the back of the bins behind the kitchens and makes it hand over its lunch money. This is part two of this week's edition, so as ever, if you'd like to go back and listen to part one first, in order for any back references and callbacks to work properly, you should go ahead and do that now. We'll wait. Okay, welcome back. Joining me this week to go through the one show like a weevil in a ship's biscuit, another contemporary reference, are Mark Haynes and Laura Grimshaw. While we're on the subject, uh, I know we're flitting around a lot in this episode, but that's fine, we can do that, because um, we know what we like. <laughs> so um, so there, there was another weird dissing thing on the Alfie Bow michael Ball episode on Wednesday, mm. where Matt tried to distance himself for something that had, had a, a clearly a bit of a to-do in... Sort of in the background, yeah. In in the production meetings, so they said, um, Matt said, "Well, the team have uh, have uh, dug out some reviews of a terrible show." You did. Oh God, yeah, the Kismet reviews. That's right. Mm. And it's and it's and Matt then said, "I didn't think it was very fair no. to show these." No, but the guys said it would be funny. Completely distancing himself from this thing where they then came up with a terrible Guardian review yeah. of Bow and Ball. They'd done something together, hadn't they? And they were just like, "Ball is shit," and Alfie Bow yeah. is crap. And you sort of read that out. And they read it out. Do you know, the team earlier on dug out some reviews uh, from Kismet, oh. I think it was, earlier on. I didn't think it was very fair to show these, but they said it would be funny. So, really? Um, it probably... Yeah, I mean... Well, the show you... was the funniest thing. That was, was it? It was, was the it? worst show in the history of the world. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a shocker. Well, the Guardian yeah, got... didn't like it, did they? No, no. I don't... No one liked it. <laughs> we didn't like it. Saying, this new version is built say? around an... In... Irredeemably vulgar performance from Michael Balls. Oh, no. I'm not reading that. You could never have a performance. King Alfie Ball sounds almost like an opera singer. (laughs) (laughs) Again, we've had this before where there's been a week where there's obviously a producer who just goes, Oh, it'd be hilarious if you just wade in and just neg them. Neg them and they'll fall in love with you. You know, I don't know what what it is. What they didn't do, and I was sad that they didn't do this, given that they did this to Ball and Bow, they did not read Jack Whitehall's one star review from The Guardian this week. Oh, I read that. I read it. Yeah, I've got it. 
Good. Guys, some choice phrases. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, is there yeah. anyone in comedy who hasn't read this review like for the last five nights before they drop off to sleep? It's <laughs> a oh, warm feeling. <laughs> No 3D personality arises from these by-numbers jokes, nor any sense of an interest in people or the world. <laughs> Environmentalism is lightly mocked. There's a chirpy Auschwitz punchline and a routine about how to speak to people with a lazy eye. And then there's all those jokes about pooing in the swimming pool, pooing at Chernobyl, farting in front of his ex, farting in a urinal. <laughs> the Whitehall show is full of crap, becomes, by the end, less a matter of opinion and a statement of irrefutable fact. Wow. Is that like your one-show audition tape? A for if bit, you were yeah. going to talk I replace Matt. I would quite like to do Yeah, what do you feel about that? Yeah. <laughs> What's it like? I, I, do you know what? We've had a conversation. There are a couple of people who appear on the show that I like and you cannot stand. So like Rylan, Rylan. is one. <laughs> but the other one has been Michael Ball. Yeah. And I really, really liked Ball and Bow on I this. I really, really I, liked I was them. one over. Yeah. I, I, I thought they were great. great. They yeah. played the game. I've re- I noted it. It was like, yeah. if you're presenting the one show, the guests you want are Ball and Bow. Yeah. They yeah. came on yeah. and Massively. they nailed it. They were good fun. They, they laughed really were. at all the terrible well, jokes. Well, yes, they did. But hang on a minute, right? Right at the beginning for the show that was Bell Baker Ball and Bow. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a nursery rhyme from Kent. <laughs> Bell Baker Ball and Bow were, were you got so the big introduction for them, and they got one of the ones where they're not sitting on the sofa. They came in from you know yeah. behind the screens. Yeah, uh, and because they had jugglers because it was the greatest. The great, they're going to be the greatest. Or... Show. They're touring together, doing arenas, and they were going to sing the greatest show, the song, the greatest show from the Great Showman at the end on the piazza. So a juggler and like a f- not fiery to some, I don't know, some other, someone ribbons. doing something yeah. circus. Yeah. But they came on and Bo, right, <laughs> and the camera's moving with them, and they're coming on. Hey, the crowd are going juggle. Bo leans over and nudges, <laughs> deliberately nudges the juggler's elbow, right, which then means he just drops all the balls <laughs> on national television. <laughs> And I'm thinking, that bloke must be thinking, you fucking... <laughs> I told my family I was going to be juggling on the one. My fucking trick is juggling. I'm doing it on national television. And that bearded fuck comes out and knocks the balls out of my hand. When he's performing at his arena, I am going onto that stage during his rendition of fucking the wind beneath my wings or something, and I'm going to ram one of my balls down his fucking throat. I wrote down that it reminded me of something that Vladimir Putin would do. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be a juggler and he'd push him over because there's no comebacks. Then they show, like, started showing dog pictures that they had. Yeah. Oh, and uh, uh, Alfie Bow had ten dogs. That's right? too many. Ten dogs. And I was like, that's also like something that Vladimir Putin yeah. would have. <laughs> so more he and more. the dogs I, I, I around his ground. I began seeing like, Alfie Bow as being quite a menacing <laughs> character in this. It really appealed to me. They yeah. were funny together. Yeah. They were, they were they really, were really good. They, um, th- there was a lovely thing about their pre-show rituals. Mm. So um, Michael <laughs> Buckleball says, I always say I love you. Alphabo sort of, then I have to say I love you too. Do you have any pre show rituals where it helps you relax or gets you in the zone? Michael never has any pre show rituals. (laughs) I'm the worst. He does nothing. You're on, Michael, you're on. (laughs) He's just stood back here behind those, those boards over there and he says, Love you. That's what we have to say. And what do you say back? Love you too. <laughs> and, um, and then my Wuggable said, don't be like that. And he obviously meant, don't be shit, yeah. which, is, which is a funny pre-show yeah. ritual. Don't be shit. And I won't say the next thing I always say to him, <laughs> which is don't be 
Yeah. <laughs> and then the last thing you say before they go out. What's the last thing I say before I go out, Alfie? <laughs> the last thing that has to be said to me before I go on stage is... Uh, Are you smelling nice oh. for the ladies and the gentlemen? <laughs> and then, and I have to then smell nice That's for nice the ladies and the gentlemen. You smell nice tonight. Yeah. Thank you effort. very much. Thank you. He borrowed mine. Yeah. He didn't bring <laughs> it. <laughs> it's called Febreze. Magic. And then they talked about how he wasn't smelling nice today, and so he had yeah. to borrow Alfie Bowie. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. Which was Febreze. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were it, just they like were a good and, double act. And it was yeah. really funny. So at this point, obviously, I didn't know that Matt was going to resign at the end of the programme. And I was just going, Matt is Matt does not understand how jokes work. No. He looks so baffled every time everyone's laughing. Yeah. But I now realise it's because he was staring off yeah. into the middle distance, there was a great rehearsing bit, his little speech. Yeah. Great bit where Matt said, "Oh, and you're uh, you're doing arenas like that," and uh, and Michael Ball said, "Yeah, like we did two years ago." Because Matt had said <laughs> yeah. it like this is all. Oh, look what yeah, you're doing yeah. now. You're like, they're off again. I mean, you're going to be on tour, aren't you? This yeah. time, and yeah. you're doing arenas. Yeah, we are. Oh yeah. man, I mean, ending you know, at the old two, I think. So yeah. that yeah. feeling for you guys singing there, transferring from theatres obviously to huge arenas, which I mean, it, thousands it, of dancers. It's fab. We did it. We did it uh, two years ago. No research. Matt no did research. Two of his classic partridge moments. The moments where he's been the most partridge. And they happen without a minute of each other. So the first one he did is at some point Alfie Bow pretends to storm off. And Matt, sort of not quite enjoying it, began saying, Oh, he's acting now. He's acting now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's acting now. He's acting now. You know, it seemed very partridge. And the second thing he said, I got the feeling that he. He doesn't have a problem with people who are gay, but he doesn't like it when people pretend to be gay and he's not sure if they're gay or not, right? <laughs> I think and that's fair. I, I'm just, I, I, he, he didn't seem to like the fact that Michael Ball, out of the, the fake album covers, they'd mocked up. So uh, their albums are called yeah. Together, Together Again and Back Together. And they were like, oh, you could call it Together Forever, the fourth one. And then they had some mocked up ones. One was called Stuck Together. <laughs> and the two of them were hugging. And Michael Ball's like, I definitely want to keep this one. And you could see Matt sort of going, oh, <laughs> But um, he, not sure, not sure. He, not what, sure. What he did is, having sort of got this sort of thing about whether you're not sure if they're lovers, mm. I imagine he thinks it's showbiz people as well. <laughs> steer, steer well clear. Um, but he said um, he had a line that doesn't make any sense unless you believe that he's trying to not look a bit rattled and homophobic. So the line he said to them, uh, they were talking about this together thing, and he just said, well, don't be shy with your suggestions of togetherness throughout the show. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. That one's... That's my favourite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's look... so true to life. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, it is. <laughs> uh, don't be shy with your suggestions of togetherness as we go through the programme as well. Um... Yeah, it's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. But I also quite like that Matt went in when said, oh, you can call the fourth one together forever and then they had the mocked up ones and you feel like Matt suggested it in the meeting and no one was no one laughed and yeah. they didn't mock it up and he's like I'm, I'm fucking saying it on air this was the first one uh, together and then we had uh, together again yeah. and the looks get more steely don't they yeah, yeah. 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 we've got a beard for that one Until, and then here oh, we yeah. are to, yeah. to back together, back together. Yeah. creative so, genius were the titles I think yeah. 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 the focus groups the attention really yeah you've, got, you've got a good one for well, for number four, four. Uh, together forever. <laughs> I'm getting my joke. I'll in. show. And then Michael, Michael it'll get the biggest laugh of the four. It'll get the biggest laugh of the four. It died in its I'm resigning. <laughs> <laughs> Glenda Jackson was on as well, wasn't she? So she, she was the other guest. So tiny next to Ball there and was, There was one wide shot, right, of the um, full sort of left. <laughs> she looked like a. T- I mean, like I don't want to talk. They must be enormous, or she's really tiny, and I couldn't work out. But it was one or the other. They might be. 
huge. Yeah. The clip they showed of her in her new BBC drama, she was sitting at a table eating dinner and it looked like a massive scaled up table for a borrower's production. <laughs> so I think she is genuinely tiny. Yeah. As I said, I'm no one to talk and I've never stood next to Glenda Jackson, but I sort of want to now. Yeah. <laughs> but I bet she's taller than me and that would be really annoying. She, she was good. I mean, they, they had this, because her drama's about dementia, they had a, a eight minute piece oh, about dementia research before it. And it was one of those perfect things where you just go, this is absolutely it's fascinating. Valid. Television. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to. No. Go, no. I'm going <laughs> to no, put no, the little no. cursor to no. get onto the, the thing. The thing I liked at the end of that, Matt was obviously a bit giddy and also aware that he didn't want to run out of time for his speech at the end. So mm. he was like rushing everything along. So they had this film, and he came off the back of it and introduced Glenda Jackson, and there was no punctuation in the sentence at all. Yeah. It was. It really made me laugh. So he he went. It's amazing, and we're so lucky to have the scientists that we have, and we must now introduce Glenda Jackson. <laughs> and, and she went, she did a little jump, like she did when he was like, and now Glenda's getting on a cab. Bye, Glenda. It was all, it was so rushed, because he's like, I'm doing my speech, and I'm not rushing my speech. God, that's I really rushed true. these people. Yeah. These aren't it, it was. He was rattling through. Yeah. He was really doing it to time for once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love you know, your we're shit. so lucky, aren't we, to have the scientists that we do, doing all so that incredible work. We really are. We yeah, should certainly fun. now welcome Glenda Jackson to the <laughs> Well, good story about Glenda Jackson. I didn't realise the story when she, she used to work in Boots, the yeah. chemist. So there's my learning moment, one of my learning moments of the week. And they had, she had this great story about how she wanted to do drama. So she wrote, as just somebody who works in Boots, to RADA, because it was the only drama school she'd heard of. They got in for an audition and said, you were brilliant, you are brilliant. If we had scholarships, you'd definitely be in, but we don't. <laughs> so she off she went, thinking, well, that's the end of that. But her manager at Boots wrote to the local council, Chester Council, and got them to pay for her to go to RADA. Mm. And as she herself said, you think... That would not happen now. No, the, not at all. If you went to your, if you worked in Boots <laughs> yeah. and you went to your manager and said, yeah. "A, can I have an afternoon off to go and audition for Rada?" <laughs> and came back and went, "Well, he wouldn't let you, but but come back and just go." Could I? Could you? Is there a way you could help me? Yeah. leave Boots and get into Rada. I mean, they would literally go. Fuck off. But not only that. Because the meal deal fridge needs restocking. <laughs> not only that, the, the council. I imagine that that council, if anyone has heard this story, they are just going through and going, well, she can repay that now because she's got independent means. Yeah. We've means tested Glenda Jackson. <laughs> we want that scholarship money back. That should not have come to you. She's um, she's remarkable. I, I, I love I love the fact that she's like the only... You, know, you win an Oscar and you go, what's next? And you go, I'll become an MP. Yeah. I think she's really remarkable. I yeah. did like that Matt asked her how is... How has it been being back on the telly? And that's just <laughs> what, what was, was it like? like? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And this, Glenda, marks your return to the to the small screen for for twenty five years. So, how has it been? How, the, the process of, of returning and I like the fact she went in as well immediately to go. Ah, oh, the changes in lens technology. <laughs> yeah. I've been all right. That's not quite yeah. what I was hoping for. But <laughs> how has it been? How, the, the process of, of returning and obviously very different technology and what have you. That now. was the most amazing thing. Mm. The technological changes, because now everything comes... These vastly different lenses arrive in a big box and slot into the machine. <laughs> and who's Len? Uh, <laughs> the secret quiz. I know we've touched upon it, but we've got to talk about the secret quiz. So mm. I didn't... So last week, Mark, you talked about this. It was, it was an episode I hadn't seen where yeah. they'd rigged cameras in taxis mm. somewhere in Britain and the taxi driver then has to ask a series of questions. And if they get the questions right, they don't pay a fare, they don't know they're being filmed, then they have to sign a release form. God only knows the people who refuse to sign the release form. <laughs> I'd like to see that footage. Mm. 
But this week, because last week I, I hadn't seen it, so I was under the impression that the, the taxi driver had to sort of throw this stuff into conversation. Last week's was, the, the, oh, the, sim- simply the best about yeah. Tina Turner. What's the next line? This guy this week just treated the whole thing like he was a TV quiz master. Yes, yeah. he did. He there did. was no artifice audition, yeah. at all. Glenda Jackson, she's coming back on TV with a new drama back in the day. She's one of a couple of Academy Awards. What's the other name for the Academy Awards? Like the BAFTAs or Not the BAFTAs. Uh, this is very much why they've clearly put this one out second. <laughs> yeah. Having established that the, the first one, the woman did really well, they're now like, well, we've recorded four of them, but, you know, we'll have to just hope that people get it next time so round. A bloke, so a bloke is... You get in a taxi. Imagine mm. that. You get in a taxi. The taxi driver is driving you to wherever you want to go. This is the time in Manchester. Mm. And he just starts chatting, but not in the way taxi drivers no. chat. He just goes... Um, Oh, Glenda Jackson's won a couple of Academy Awards. Uh, what's the other name for the Academy Awards? Mental, <laughs> isn't it? The people in the back are going, what? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. If I got in a cab and that happened, I would fucking love it. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that I, I mean, I feel like, you know, all the, situ- all the situations where you're trapped into having a conversation with someone you don't know, so yeah. like hairdressers, taxis, they should just do quizzes. That's it. I don't want small exactly. talk. They're, they're really, I don't want to talk about my life with a stranger. Just do quizzes. There, That's was, there was for years. It, it must have been the late 90s, early 2000s. There was actually a, a sort of quiz show cab in America that used to go around. If you got in, you just happened to hate, you know, flag it down. You'd get in and they'd be like, you're in the quiz show cab. And people would go bananas. Oh, okay. So we're going to Bathurst and Dundas. I got it, buddy. No, no, Bathurst yeah. and Bloor. Yeah. That's all right. No, no, sorry. Thanks. Dundas. That's all the same. Thank you. Okay. Hi. Yeah. Going to Dundas and Bathurst. Yep. Yes. Bathurst and Bloor. Bathurst and Dundas. Bloor and right. Dundas. This is that show. Oh my gosh. What? Oh my gosh. I never thought I'd ever be on this show if before. If you did get on it, what, what, am I going to kill it? Am I going to rock it? What's going to happen? Well, we're going to try and rock it. I suppose. We're going to do our best. We're going to kill it. What do you say? You want to play this game? Yeah. Let's do this. Hang on. They've started doing it on trains. So I got a train from London to Manchester a couple of weeks ago, right? And I'm sitting there minding my own business and the food I'd bought before I got on the train. And the, the guy guard comes on. He says, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's uh, Dave the Guard, and uh, time now for Dave the Guard's train quiz. Oh my God, you're <laughs> going to be on the one show. <laughs> the, whole carriage, the whole carriage is like, what? And he said, uh, so if you get the answer to this question right, then uh, then come to the buffet car and uh, we'll give you a sandwich. <laughs> and I, I was like, I'm not doing it. But I, I'm, not, I'm not engaging with this. I kept, so I carried on doing that. But I found myself, of course, engaging with yeah. it. Impossible just not go, to. Just, go, just going, oh, I know the answer. I know the answer. So I go to the buffet car and get a sandwich. I know the answer. I know the answer. <laughs> really weird, though. Like, no one asked for this. No. But it seemed quite popular. People go, oh, settling back. Let's have a go at the quiz. Uh, well, why mm. is it then it's popular on a train when it's not being filmed? And when it's being filmed in a taxi yeah. it's not very popular <laughs> so my favourite answer though favourite question favourite answer was mm. when uh, again like a quiz master not a taxi driver so no pretense at all he just went um, uh, so uh, the comedy duo who sang Bring Me Sunshine <laughs> who are they and this guy in the back just went oh was it a last Smith and Jones <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Michael Ball and yeah. Alfie Bow yeah. I've got a lovely version of Bring Me Sunshine what was the name of the comedy duo who used to sing that particular song on their show Bring me sunshine. Bring me joy. Joy. Let's meet the Joes. No, it wasn't wasn't them. (laughs) 
It's <laughs> all the comedy duo. You're absolutely right that about famous that. Famous jazz hands duo. Yeah. <laughs> the, the way that he went into it was great. So he, I thought you were going to say it was the one where he just went, so this week, Jersey's 50. But um, <laughs> do you remember the uh, song he'd done? Uh, how many problems did he have in that <laughs> song? Yeah. I bet you didn't know that Jay-Z is turning 50 this week. Yeah. Now, he came out with a song where he had lots of problems. How many problems did he have? One. Not quite. And four people just going, uh, that's, uh, yeah, 99, it says 99 problems, yeah. And that, again, those were the ones they could screen. Oh, I mean, imagine. Donald imagine. Trump's uh, addressing NATO was the other <laughs> intro. <laughs> um, he said, Donald Trump's addressing NATO, but what's the name of his car that the president drives around? You know who's in the UK this week? Donald Trump. He's attending a NATO conference. <laughs> well, Lucky you. You know the name of the massive car that he drives in? No idea. And it's it's called the Beast. Yes. That was the the, the um the, you know the actual answer. But he had a thing of going. I'm going to give someone a hint as to what it is. Yes. And his hint made no sense. But the woman got it right. <laughs> so he went. Um. You know what do you call your husband when he's had too many one too many pints? And she went Beast. And he went. <laughs> he, went he went. That's it. And she went. Oh, is it Beast? <laughs> What you call him when he's had a pint too much? Beast. Beast. Is that what it's called? It's called the beast. The coincidence of her calling her husband a beast when he's pissed. And him, and this driver, somehow knowing. I am now starting to wonder if she was his wife. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing about it is. I call him the rapey beast (laughs) when he comes home. He comes home all drunk on Stella. Is that the answer? Is Donald Trump's car called the Rapey Beast? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yes, it is. <laughs> outside the realms of possibility. Heavy Pencil, a new comedy from Great Big Owl, the people who brought you Brian and Roger. Are you a client? Yes, yes, I'm a client. I'm the actor Michael Cork. The Observer called it a lovely thing, wonderfully funny, pitched perfectly, produced with a light touch. No, 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 I've, I've been taken on as Fliss's assistant. You're the, the, you're the assistant's assistant. <laughs> yes, if you like. Heavy Pencil by Anna Crilly and Tony Gardner. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I am still very, very interested in uh, Jack Whitehall. He had a pretty much the whole half hour. Yeah, it was Sitting there uh, and doing it. <laughs> Angelica asked one of my favourite questions of all time, uh, which comprised about nine questions. So she said, this is one single question. Uh, you're doing your stand-up. What's the theme? Where are you going? You start in <laughs> November, but you're off to Leeds tomorrow, but you're all over the country, aren't you? <laughs> OK, Jack, let's talk about Stood Up, your third tour, yeah. which is going very well. Um, and what's the theme? Where are you going? You start in November, but you're off to Leeds tomorrow, but you're all over the country, aren't you? Well, yeah, all over the country. <laughs> <laughs> one question. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but and he then, mentioned that his show ends with a big musical number, yeah. his stand-up right. thing. Yeah. And he sort of said, oh, it was, um, you know, I got Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice to help me out with. Um, I have a big, ridiculous musical number that I end the show with. <laughs> and we've got, um, I got um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, sorry, Lord Lloyd Webber oh, yeah. oh. and Sir Tim Rice helped me come up with this musical no, number so for you, the end. What, so you just rang them up and just said, hey, guys? Uh yeah, kind of. <laughs> I wrote to them and I was like, I have this mad idea. Would you be part of um, the kind of sketch before it? And they both said that they were up for it. So I went and travelled and um, filmed some stuff with them. Throws that away. Oh, did. that didn't it? Poor Jack Whitehall can't get the break. It turns out that Tim Rice is still married to a woman called Jane McIntosh, although they separated but never legally got divorced. Yeah. Well, uh, Jane McIntosh was the first wife oh. of Jack Whitehall's father, Michael. <laughs> Oh, right? my God. Uh, you probably uh, know that Jane McIntosh and Tim Rice's relationship fizzled out in the 80s when it was revealed he'd been having an affair with the singer Elaine Page. Um, <laughs> but since then, uh, Jane McIntosh has won awards for her conservation work with the Red Squirrels. Well, that's, well that'll be a film on next week's one show, though, yeah. wouldn't it? And Angelica oh, Bell also did a lovely line, God. which is, I love it when people come in and they... and it's, it's I think it's that, that slightly misjudged thing where they go, because he's a comedian we can really take the piss with some sick bants. Yeah. And our bants will always be, uh, you're shit. Uh, and you have to sort of go, oh, thank you. I don't know what he's saying here. But they, she had a bit where she just said, um, that musical number, she said, that's really fun for the audience because usually when you go to see stand-up, you're just seeing someone standing on stage doing their thing, but you really want to put loads of effort into it. Which is really fun, though, for the audience because usually when you go to see stand-up, you're just seeing someone standing on stage doing their thing, but you, you really want to put lots of effort into it, you know. And and it's that idea that stand-up is, it's boring, isn't it? They just stand there and they don't put the effort it's in. just talking. Well, they just talking. Talking stupid thoughts. Yeah. Not even writing it, they're just saying whatever's in their head. Yes, right. No work goes into it. Although yeah, we, we, that's podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> did, um, by the way, did, did Pippa Evans used to be married to a relative of Because uh, <laughs> uh, Pippa Evans, who we all know and love, mm. uh, and is coming on this podcast, by the way, in, in, in next year. Um, well, we've already booked her in. See how this next yeah, session well, goes. <laughs> Hi, Pippa. She got a shout out, though, yeah. for, for help, helping, I'm guessing, completely writing on her own. I think he did actually say right, he, she wrote she said, it. She wrote the song for the end of Jack Whitehall's show so shout out to Pippa Evans on the one show um, this amazing lady called Pippa Evans actually wrote the the, the, the ending for me and uh, it's this big mad um, musical spectacular inspired by the nativity but but I think more than, more than that that is I think the only time a name stand up has gone on British television yeah. and acknowledged that part of their act is written by someone else yeah that, that to me I mean maybe just Jack Whitehall didn't think it through 
but well done. Yeah. I was really pleased but to see that. But what this basically means is that Jack Whitehall was involved and Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice and Pippa Evans and it's still only got a one star in The Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the reality is, of course, is if you gave Pippa Evans the chance to do her own stuff, it would be brilliant. Yeah. She's right into spec here. Yeah, five stars in The Guardian. Mm. Uh, and an Olivier Award, I believe. Uh, mm. yeah. so, th- that song at the end of Jack Whitehall's show, so there was a really odd bit when they were talking about the big number at the end mm. and he said, oh, well, I can't tell, I can't tell you, it would spoil it, yeah, it would spoil yeah. it. Um, and there was a whole convoluted thing because it was all to do with Michaela Strachan, who he fancied as a kid because yeah. he went to see her in Peter Pan. And then they had a video of Michaela Strachan in Cape Town yep. saying hello to Jack Whitehall. Which um, they cut off while she was still speaking. <laughs> yeah. They were yeah. like, we've, we've got what we wanted. We've got a special message from Michaela for you. Jack Tickleck. <gasps> Hi, Jack. Well, I am very flattered to know that I was your childhood crush. And I'm very sorry that I'm not in the studio to meet you in person. I'm actually, as you can see, in sunnier climes. I'm in Cape Town. So here's an open invitation for you to pop over and I'll take you bird watching. She invited him to go bird watching That's with right. her in South Africa. <coughs> because poor Jack Whitehall can't get the brakes. Yeah. So that was weird. And then, but the whole him, of, him having a sort of crush on. Michaela Strachan was a bit sinister. Mm. And then he said, at the end of my show, I, I fly. He said, oh, but I don't want to give it away. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I don't I want to give it away. I've ruined the end of my show. I shouldn't I... have said that on national television. Uh, but, but while I'm here, I do fly at the end. And I do yeah. make my legs do that thing like Peter Pan that I got from Michaela Strachan. Because in my show, at the end, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but I fly. I fly at the end of the show as the emu. That's, I've given away the ending. But oh, spoiler alert, I fly. Fine. But oh, no, I didn't mean to say any of that. And to prove that that was all off the cuff, they brought up a, a <laughs> photograph picture, yeah. of that exact <laughs> scene yeah. from his stand-up show. Oh, no, you've they... accidentally shown the picture yeah, I gave you. Exactly. Oh, You're just oh, like, no. this is so I, I would say one thing I did notice this week is they'd done quite a lot of research. The researchers on this week had actually dug up quite a lot of things. So even things like that Michael Ball, Alfie Bow review that yeah. was bad, you were like, I didn't really know about that, which in itself is really unfair that they did it. I'd never heard of it. And they're like, oh, look at this shitty old review. Um, but they, they, the Giles Brandreth bit with Jack Whitehall, oh. that is well worked. But you famously be commissioned to to produce a piece of art as well. Famous, yeah. I used to do oh, portraits. Yeah, I went oh, to right. art school and I did portraits of, when of I was cats younger. Cats as well. I was once paint, uh, commissioned to paint Giles Brandreth's wife's cat yeah. and she insisted on me doing sittings with the cat so I went well, out to their house and did three sittings with their cat. And Jack, their cat. we have spent a lot of time on this and we've actually found the cat, we've tracked the picture no. down and the man himself. Come on in, Giles. Even you know, someone's gone through enough of a packet to, to to read a thing about Jack Whitehall. Started, he went to art school and then he painted Giles Brandreth's cat. Yeah. And I know if you work at the one show, you've got Giles's number on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's on there it's every not day. difficult, yeah. you know. But the, they the fact did that they'd actually. Act shocked as well when yeah. he came on. It's like, is it a shock that Giles Brandreth is on the one show? Is that, <laughs> oh, is that I mean, surprising? It, it is a shock he's still on the one show, but no, uh, he's, he's, you know, he seems like a really nice guy. We've talked about him before on the show about how we actually actually sort of really warmer to him, especially when he was killing all those old ladies. Um, <laughs> but the, um, the, 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 they brought out the picture that Jack Whitehall had painted of Giles Brandreth's cat when he was at the start of his Jesus career. Man. And he'd been paid to do it. Giles Brandreth is funny because he said, my wife gifted you that as a present yeah. because that <laughs> stops it being liable for tax. And this was done, this is your uh, some of your earliest work. Some of my earliest work, yeah. My wife, I checked today, 
Yeah. yeah. She paid you £100. £100? You know, but she gave it to you as a present, so there's no tax liability. It's not worth that. But again, when they had the, the... To get to that bit, I think Angelica Bell or Gethin Jones had been like, how much did you get paid for that? <laughs> That's really did good. Did you pay for this? We, we paid good money. And we, how much did you pay for well, it? Well, is this... If Gethin Jones is just going to be negging people and demanding to know their salary... I am all for him getting this job. Because they both kind of asked it at the same time when Giles Brandreth said that. But w- one of them did sort of say, oh, how much did you get paid? And one of them did say, did you did you pay for that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In a slightly shocked way. This is Gethin, though, yeah. who wants the job. You know what's happened? He's going, if I get this gig, I'll get the same money as Matt Baker. And we know that's a lot of money. Yeah. But they've got Gethin, 100 quid, do the one show. It is, <laughs> yeah. So now he's obsessed with how much everyone else is getting. Uh, it was odd going in. He made it sound, you're talking about the research, it made it sound though that they'd done far more research than they had, I thought, Gethin. Because he was going, well, we managed to track down the picture. We managed to track yeah. down Giles. You haven't tracked him down. He's just, <laughs> no. he's just in the next room. They were just chatting and they said, oh, Jack Whitehall's on next week. And he went, oh, he painted my cat. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, Jack Whitehall, actually, before he was a stand-up, he was actually a book illustrator. I noticed um, there's a book written by um, Michael Whitehall about oh. his time being an agent that's illustrated oh. by Jack. So, Isn't yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, well, it's interesting. So, I wonder if he's any relation, because yeah. they've got the same name, haven't they? It's interesting. It's that. got the same name as his father, yes, yeah, and, and the man has lived the same life as uh, Jack Whitehall's the father. father and, well. uh, yeah, and, and Jack is in the book because that... he's born to the man because yeah, it's his father. It's funny you mention being born there, because um, Charles Brandon did mention on the sofa, didn't he? He said, well, actually, I've known you, Jack, since yeah, before, before you, you were born. born. And there was... Because your dad, I think, we used to probably be George Brandon's agent or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've known Jack since before he was born. Oh, yeah. Interesting, that, 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 that question yeah. Angelica Bell asked, which she just said, I mean, it's beautiful that you want to be with your dad. And then Gethin came in with a thing about going, <laughs> it just makes money, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and then Angelica came out of that with, but a lot of people think he's not actually your father. Do you know what um, a lot of people love is the relationship with your father, Michael. It's beautiful that you, know, that you want to be with him and you... you, you. What, what are you laughing for? I mean, it just makes money, really, isn't it? Don't be so cynical. Um, but a lot of people think that he's not actually your father. What? And I, I actually Googled this. Is Jack Whitehall's dad real? And... There is zero stuff on the internet where people are asking that. So it's just a mad thing where Angelica Bell's like, is it an actor? Yeah. And she's gone, that's a good question. No one said What that. was, no. again, brilliant is that Jack Whitehall said, um, no, he isn't. My real dad's Nigel Havers. <laughs> I knew Nigel <laughs> Havers was my dad. <laughs> and that's even funnier when you know that Jack Whitehall's dad, Michael Whitehall, and Nigel Havers had their own film company together. <laughs> so it's my just thing. every name that comes up in this thing is basically... Basically, someone who has given Jack Whitehall some help. I'm really yeah. enjoying yeah, this yeah, family yeah. tree you've got. <laughs> oh, yeah, it goes all, all the way to the out. top. It's all over the wall. <laughs> Can we, we talk about Angelica Bell's pronunciation of Weatherman? Coming up tonight, he's the BBC Weatherman who keeps getting into trouble. Weatherman? Weatherman. Yeah, Weatherman. There was a couple. There was Weatherman and there was also Lemiz, which kept being <laughs> Lemiz. Lemiz. Tonight's guests have just wowed the West End with Lemiz. 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 Yeah. I paid money to see that. <laughs> also on that bit. Weatherman. 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 Is a Leatherman. Is that the sort of like multi-tool? Multi-tool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that, we don't call that a Leatherman. Well, <laughs> that's in, an entirely in different thing. Given his skill of painting and weather, I suppose Thomas 
Shafanaka is a multi-tool. <laughs> I like the fact as well that he's got a name, Shafanaka. It's quite a sort of Germanic-sounding name. You'd think he'd be able to manage the word Spielberg, wouldn't you? There are so many degrees of detail that you can go into. You can go into something that's like literally looks like a photograph, like Spielberg. I mean, that took a couple of months, maybe three months of, right. of labour. Yeah. <laughs> but he did. He called him Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dog whistle. <laughs> Man, oh, oh man. Oh, the, but Weatherman, just, I couldn't get over. She no. said it at the beginning, then she said it again. And now here he is, the, uh, you're a Weatherman. <laughs> yeah. And it's Weatherman. It's weather, Weatherman. But were they just saying it over and over again? Because when, so this sort of started this art thing, and, and it was completely usurped by the whole Jack Whitehall, Giles Brandreth thing. So yeah. they had Thomas Shachafanakar on, and they had a little thing about him, and they had all his art in the studio, but they didn't really talk no, to him No, they didn't. Which, by the like, way. But Jack Whitehall's here, and yeah. he did painting. Shachafanakar's art, art mm. is bloody amazing. I know, it's incredible. How much spare time do weathermen get, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I was looking at that and I was thinking, when I've worked for the BBC, when I've worked for commercial TV and yeah, radio, yeah. I don't have suddenly nine hours in the rest of the day where I sort of go, oh, I'm going to paint something out of a magazine. 22 hours to paint yeah. I pissed myself laughing when he was like, I'm going to do a portrait of oh, someone. Yeah. And amazing. he chose Fran Healy I, of Travis. I, was like, I like to paint or draw people I admire or simply people with facial expressions I find interesting. It can take a while before I pick the right medium. Today, I'm going to be starting work on a new picture. I'm going to paint Fran Healy, the lead singer of Scottish band Travis. <laughs> And I was like, I oh, rain, yeah. weather, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. But I did think... But it took me a while. I was like, what are they doing? It's an amazing combination of, <laughs> of up until that point, I was like, a, a bit of art, that's all right. The weatherman stuff, I can leave. Weatherman. When they bring in Fran Healy from Travis, I'm just like, do you know what? I'm out. It's too much. <laughs> it's, it was it was kind of a spectacle of... Because of, his pictures, so the ones they showed, and they filmed this in Thomas Schaffernacker's house. Mm. Uh, and in the background was this amazing photorealistic drawing he'd done of Harrison Ford from yeah. Blade Runner. Mm. And he'd got one of, of Will Smith. Judy Dench. Judy Dench. Absolutely photorealism, like, the best I've ever yeah. seen. Absolutely incredible, right? I had no idea Schaffernacker had this skill, right? So I'm quite impressed yeah. with that. And then you think, what, what of all the people that he could draw? You know, and then he suddenly got this complete one-show spectacle <laughs> of the BBC weatherman Thomas Schaffernacker <laughs> and Fran Healy, the lead singer of Travis, and his song, Why Does It Always Rain On Me, where he just paints a picture of him in his house... And if it wasn't, if it was anywhere but the one show, you'd go, I've gone fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> but because it's the one show, I just went, oh, okay. I once, uh, I once got very told off on BBC Six Music uh, back when I was on BBC Six. And you'll appreciate this as Laura, as a BBC producer, because you'd have told me off for the same thing. Yep. And we were talking about the time that Travis played Glastonbury and sang, why, doesn't, why does it always rain on me? And it started to rain. Mm. And the crowd thought, thought that was a wonderful thing. And I said, it's a good job they didn't do a cover of Jizz Lobber. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I would have told you. Yeah, I might have laughed, but yeah, I would have told my, you. My producer <laughs> did make a face. Is there a, is there a genuine song called Dislobber? Yes. There is. Yes. That, why on earth were you told off? <laughs> why on earth were you told off? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Who did that? Dislobber was <laughs> by Bow um, and Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, On the <laughs> Please welcome, singing 
Audio Slaves Jizz Lobber. I want to talk about their song on the Fiat actually. Yeah. Was it Audio Slave? I don't know. Can't remember. Anyway. Uh, on the um, and there's me slagging off Lauren Laverne for not remembering something last week. Uh, she tweeted us this week, by the way. Did you see Lauren? Yes, that was very nice. Yeah, um, before we released the episode, the episode where, where I had to go for not knowing the difference between yeah. foreign and survivor. Anyway, gloss over it. Come on the podcast, Lauren. So yeah, there's so, so I thought this is going to be shit. This mm. the Greatest Showman song on the piazza. Yeah, uh, they nailed it. Oh, do you think I, so? I liked it. They I were. I loved it. They were bellowing. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Oh. Like, but if they'd done quiet. anything. Unless it would yeah. have been wrong. Yeah. Everybody was going for Do you know, it. I, I loved it. I, I joined in. <laughs> <laughs> it's fire, it's freedom, it's flooding open. It's a preacher in the pulpit and you'll find devotion. Something breaking at the brink of every wall. It's holding all that you know. So tell me do you want to go. Where it's coming in all the color lights. Where the runaways are running the night. Impossible comes true. It's taking over you. They were like two obelixes <laughs> singing musicals. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Oh, I thought, uh, oh, I thought everything great. about them was brilliant. I but, thought they were brilliant you know guests. I thought they were brilliant oh. at the end. Like, But I've got a theory with them ending the show with that. Yeah. I feel like Matt talks about the one show as being the greatest show and he mm. requested it. I yeah. bet I think, see, it was, I think I, it was his I, thing. I thought that as well. And I wrote down, so hang on, is, is this backfiring though? Because it's basically, I'm quitting. And they're going, this is now the greatest show. <laughs> and, and it opened. It opens with the line. So he sort of goes, so I'm quitting. So, um, you know, thank you. And then it cuts to the bowl just going, ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Thank you, everybody, for the most wonderful, random nine years that you could ever wish to experience. Have a great Christmas. And we're going to leave you now with Michael and Alfie performing the greatest show. See you later. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you waited for. Yes, Paul. Yes, Paul. I think that's a crew dig. I think the crew did that. They said, we're going to come on and we're going to do um, do the wind beneath my wings. No, you're not. No, 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 we've got bigger ideas for you. Come on, come on. Well, no, it it was a fitting tribute. A, f- a fitting so. tribute by two great big bellowing men. That's <laughs> <laughs> how everyone wants to go out. So, uh, any other business, Laura? Any other business? Well, I did. I wanted to talk about Bing Crosby's daughter oh, on Monday. Mary show. Crosby. Mary Crosby. Now, so the thing I learned, and I've realised that it's a thing I've learned, and everybody else knew it. This is like the fucking Michelin man, Michelin star thing that also happened in my life recently where I found out that they yeah, were, were the related. It's why he's yeah. so fat. Yeah, yeah I, you've got tyres and fine dining. They un- they shouldn't be related. But yeah. anyway, I did not know that she was Christian in, in Dallas. Who shot JR? Yeah, she yeah. shot JR. I, ben Crosby's daughter shot JR. I hadn't put two and two together either. I had so I'm no with idea. This. It was you, Christian. Who shot JR? Oh. Well, I never did. This is news to me. I've okay, never heard this before. Fine. So I've ever, since I watched that, I was like, what? Yeah, and I, then I did every, a big watch. Everyone I knew knew that. Yeah, so, no, I And didn't. I was just kind of like, ha, but that's that's a great fact. So yeah, who, so who shot JR was an enormous thing back in 18... 
1980. You know, everyone talks about it at the time, and it was a huge industry, wasn't it? It was casting, because in fact, mm. Frank Skinner started talking about mugs that people have with yeah. Who Shot Jay on. Yeah. And it was, I remember it was Kristen, I remember the character of Kristen yeah. doing it, but I too was going, that was Bing Crosby's daughter. That was that's, Bing Crosby's and they showed, daughter. And I didn't even twig when they showed the clip. So they showed no. a clip of it. And I was I'm like, going, why are they talking about this? showing Dallas in 1980? <laughs> then they showed Kristen shooting. I'm like, what, what's, what's that I about? So even then, I still had to Google it because I was going... What is happening? I'm learning something I, and I don't believe it. And yeah, I still had to look it up. Absolutely. Bing Crosby's daughter was on because Bing's got a Christmas album out. He's long dead. Uh, <laughs> with, uh, with the Philharmonic Orchestra. And she was on to talk about his, his legacy and all that that's kind of a, stuff. I had, but that's, that, that, that sounds but, like a piece of pub trivia that everyone would know. I know. I had no idea. No. And that seems like the sort of thing I should know. Well, and, and I'm just I'm get, what, getting what, to a point where I just keep finding out things that everybody else what knows. What you didn't know, Laura, is actually this is a The One Show podcast <laughs> And your ride is now free! <laughs> uh, they got into that. There was this week's Handbrake Turn, or one of the Handbrake Turns for me, was, I don't think it was the dullest film of the week. I mm-hmm. think that that's either the Alzheimer's film. Yeah, it was, um, It was. I mean, it's it very worthy valid. work, but yeah. it, uh, it just didn't seem like you wanted to sit through that. Or it might have been the one where they were, just after they'd uh, talked about the uh, cat picture that Jack Whitehall had done, and then had to sort of, they were, and they were chatting. You remember last week when they were trying to move on and you got Rod Stewart and his mate Mike Darbo oh, and they had the ch- chatting about yeah, yeah, whether yeah. he moved to Gloucester or not, just in, <laughs> loudly in the background. There was another one of those where you'd got Brandreth and Whitehall and um, Thomas Schaffernagger having a chat and they were going, ha, 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 cat pigeon, ha, 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 your family's so well connected and white, Jack Whitehall. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're sort of trying to get into a film about disabled access in hotels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen, you're not going to have a little art session <laughs> yeah. here. We're going to carry on. Now, Corey star Shirley Houston, hit the head recently with a series of tweets. (laughs) She'd been asked if she minded being lifted up a flight of steps at a hotel in order to gain access to her wheelchair accessible room. So that was a bit awkward. That was a very uh, watchdoggy type of film. I I didn't mind it at all. but Again, it it had a valid point. It was fine, but it it just... They always just don't quite fit because it's all jolly jolly and then it's like, oh, and this is a serious thing. Yeah. But the oddest oddest film might have been the fact that it was Cyber Monday. Mm. This was on Monday. (laughs) Right, and they said, oh, it's Cyber Monday, isn't it? Everyone's buying electrical goods because there was Black Friday before that and... People at home, well, you, would, you take... would have loved where that joke went, but unfortunately, you just heard that long noise. That's right. You literally haven't heard that. That's fine. But then they went into, <laughs> <laughs> they went... Then they went into a film on the high street presented by the former deputy chairman and managing director of John Lewis and Waitrose. Right. About electrical goods on the high street. It was, I mean, I don't know what it was about, it was too dull, but the handbrake term was then simply to get to the JR bit, they came out and then they said... Quite right. Now, if you owned a telly uh, back in 1980, mm. then no doubt you would have watched this moment. There's no yeah. doubt you would have watched this. Yeah. And that's when they I showed mean, they the clip of JR. I mean, they basically could have just gone, we're on the telly now. And another thing that was on the telly was you, wasn't it? That was a film. Other things have been filmed, including this. Yes. That they were talking. So when they were talking to uh, Mary Crosby about, mm. uh, sing, and they had a clip of her singing with her dad when she was a kid, yep. and she sort of came out of it, sort of cringing and going, "Oh, I clearly didn't inherit his voice." Yep. And I really liked that <laughs> that they both kind of went, "Oh," like the presenters went, "Oh no, don't be silly. <laughs> <laughs> It was the most insincere thing I've yeah, ever heard. If Kevin Jones and, was on, and, he'd have been like, "Did you inherit the money?" <laughs> <laughs> 
But then they started talking about the fact that White Christmas has never been a number one, but Frank Skinner was on the sofa and he's had a number one. Right. And I, I, I loved what Mary Crosby said because uh, they started talking about the fact that Frank had had a number one. And she went, oh, I've heard your number one. And he sort of looked shocked. And she went, I Googled you to try and find out... Uh, I googled you and heard your song. <laughs> In yeah. fact, I heard your number one today. Trying Did to, you? yes, I, oh, I, wow. I googled you, and so I, I heard your masterpiece and well, loved it. Thank you. I can't um, sing like Bing. But no, we had, we had I, I can't either. No. Clearly, you had a good time. <laughs> it was so lovely <laughs> to try and find out. I, yeah, the song, the song, yeah, the song. She must listen to that as well and just gone, this is appalling. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit like, you know, a football mascot song, isn't it? And if you're an American, you're like, I'm not interested in the sport, the song is not good and I don't know who it is. <laughs> lost a lot of... Uh... I, I should Google him to try and find out who he is. Oh, no, wait, not that, not that, not that. Uh, bing, and the Crosby is gone. So when she was talking about Dallas and she was getting very excited, but obviously they were right at the end of the show and there was just basically a bit where they kind of went, shut up, Mary. And then uh, Angelica was like, I'll be back tomorrow with Geth and Jones. Matt's fucking face when yeah. she said it. I actually took a screenshot of it because it made me laugh <laughs> oh, so much. Oh, really? Show I us. Prepared. She's such a producer. I know, right? Yeah, it's, it's really really what this show's been crying out for. <laughs> <laughs> this is while she's, uh, Angelica is saying, I'll be back tomorrow with Geth and Jones. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try and show you both at the same time. Oh, oh, sucking his lips, Look at isn't he? That. That's that was the face he made. Do you think, like, when Matt does leave in the spring, mm. okay, he will just sit at home, not putting the kids to bed, and just watch every episode of the One Show with that cat's John, ass, that, that face, cat's ass <laughs> mouth. Face. I, I don't want to upset you, John, but we're already in negotiations room to take over from you. <laughs> <laughs> And there we must end it on the sad, sad note that Matthew James Baker, 2011 to 2019, has announced he's leaving the one show to vacate the green sofa for another wet presenting sap's arse. Like you, we can't wait to find out who that is. Pick me, pick me. But why not write to the one show and suggest me, me, I want to do it for the job. What harm can that do? Matt is back after Christmas until spring, however, and we'll be here too to give him the send off he deserves. But while you're looking forward to all that, why not rate and review the The One Show show on iTunes and you could go to podbiblemag.com to vote for us in the People's Choice section of their awards. As I said before, we're not good enough to get nominated by them on our own, so we need your help to make them at least be aware that we exist. You could probably also vote for Mark's wrestling one. If you can be after it's it. excellent. Shut up. Podbiblemag.com and the The One Show show. Put that into the People's Choice voting bit. Uh, you are a people... And you have a choice. So choose the The One Show show, and we promise to cut taxes and deliver Brexit. But while you're remembering to do that, also remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look at The One Show, The One Show also looks back into you. Goodbye. Hello, I'm Chris England, and I'm here to tell you about the Fun Factory podcast, available now on Great Big Owl. Each time, I will be reading a couple of chapters of my novel, The Fun Factory, a historical comedy about the history of comedy, so it will kind of be like a free audiobook, which you can listen to at the gym, or jogging, or at your desk while pretending to do your job, or on the train, without the embarrassment of people seeing you actually reading a book like some kind of swat.
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.